Money Mind, expanding your mind when it comes to money matters. Here's your host, Tanya Carlson from Amplify Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us today. We're bringing you our first episode, which is very exciting. And today's guest is the wonderful Kelly Gaunt. Kelly is the owner and founder of the Marketing Bungalow and Bungalow Creative. Um, her marketing career expands over 20 years with both client and agency work. Um, and Kelly's based in Cronulla, which for those who don't live in this area is a coastal suburb of Southern Sydney. She's a mum to two boys and her bestie is her beautiful husband, Brett. Kelly describes her business story to be as authentic as it is unromantic. It's not one of making millions and we should put in there yet, um, or achieving a Zen work-life balance. It's a grind, it's a constant challenge, but it's a challenge she gets to choose. It's her journey and it's why she keeps going. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you for having me, Tanya. Thanks so much for joining us. It is very exciting. Now, I start by asking everybody two questions. And the first one is, can you tell us a little bit about your cultural background and upbringing? Yes, well, I am actually a a child. I was born in Australia. My mum is the daughter of Polish immigrants. Mm -hmm. So, um, she was my, my parents are both from the suburbs of Liverpool, which is southwest of Sydney. So um, mum was a, a the daughter, the youngest daughter of Polish immigrants, so she actually couldn't speak English when she started wow. school, um, which caused a lot of problems. She um, she was always very shy and to this day yeah. um, that has affected her. And then my dad is actually a many-generation Australian, but he was actually... Um, the son, the only child of a Second World War amputee. Wow. So um, mum and dad actually grew up in Cabramatta, which yeah. for people who know Sydney wasn't necessarily an, an easy place to grow up in. Um, but, yeah, they did a great job. They moved us out to, I grew up in um, the western suburbs of Sydney in Pendrith. Yeah. And, yeah, they had three kids. They they struggled through, but they got through. We got everything we needed and most of what yeah. we wanted. So, yeah. but um, yeah, I love the I love the background of mum's culture and um, yeah. dad had a lot of sad stories to tell. But mm. um, I think that's where a lot of my drive comes from. Yeah, interesting. We might come back to that. I think what what makes Australia interesting is a lot of us have very different cultural backgrounds, and and even if we're sort of first generation Australians, there's always some history behind there, which sort of leads to a lot of our Mm behaviours or or ways of doing things, which is why I like to sort of explore that question. And the other question I like to ask, and this is kind of a a one word answer, um, which is what's your money style? Are you a spender, saver or an in-betweener? I'm an in-betweener. Yeah. See, swing between the two. Swinging over the in-betweener from originally being a spender. Yeah, interesting. Yes. Good. So we'll we'll come back to that, I think, um, as we talk with a few things throughout the episode. But what I wanted to start with is getting to know a little bit about you or for our audience to learn a little bit about you and your career. How did you sort of get into marketing and, and so on? I did it kind of backwards. So I did finish school, year 12, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I actually just went and got a job in admin and over time I... Um, decided randomly I've always been a little bit um, fly by the seat of my pants but I discovered I was getting promotions I was working in the Commonwealth Bank head office in um, Parramatta and I was getting promotions and I was like I don't want to do this I want to be a sales rep because I want a free car (laughs) that's literally why I wanted to be a sales rep yeah (laughs) Um, so I changed to a, a company that was just a manufacturer and I worked myself 
my way up really quickly to become actually a national account manager. And then they, um, I expressed that I had a real interest in marketing because I watched the marketing team doing their creative and things yeah. like that. So our managing director at the time said, well, we'll give you a shot and gave me the role. So I became a marketing manager before I actually started my marketing degree. So I did it simultaneously and at the same time as doing the marketing degree, I was 24 when I started. So it actually took me eight years part-time to do because then I ended up getting married and having two children through that time. Yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, that's a milestone in itself, isn't it, studying and... Completing studies. <laughs> Completing study full stop. So, yeah. uh, look, I think I did it the right way for me, um, not doing it straight out of school. I yeah. think I was too immature and I needed to go out and become a bit worldly. Well, you wouldn't have known about it maybe even in school. Marketing wasn't something, you we know. Just, yeah, yeah. Just, everyone was either going to be... A nurse or a, a teacher. A nurse, a teacher, a yeah. hairdresser. I always yeah. thought I was going to be a teacher and then I realised I actually don't want to do what well, I yeah. don't want to do that. No. So, yeah, and then in the end um, starting my own business came out of totally being um, a first-time mum. I yeah. went back to work and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. And I was just um, fortunate that the the company that I worked for were um, didn't want to lose me so they allowed me to be a contractor oh. and this was my eldest son turns 13 next week so this is when he was one and um they're still my client to this day which oh, is amazing. nice so that's yeah. how it started just out of a basic I need to make money yeah but um I I, I need some flexibility yeah and I need to need to fit in around what I, what's important to me yeah. at the time which is you know it must be a really common thing for mums I think to get to a point of how I'm going to manage this and what what do I need to, to have the flexibility and still keep keep a career if you if you're that way inclined? And we I think the when I came home to Brett and I was six months in and, and the job was full time and it was a marketing manager and um I'd been in it for six months and it was four days a week and they let me do one day from home and I'd go to the childcare centre every yeah. day and I finished at 5.30 and Caden was the last, the last baby kid. there Ooh. and he was one and it devastated me. So um, back then, you know, we were, Brett and I were both, um, we're both really outgoing people but we panicked and we yeah. actually sold our house for me to leave the job. We actually sold our house because um, we thought we couldn't afford it. Wow. In hindsight, yeah. we should have held strong and yeah. in the end it didn't overly affect our journey. Yeah. But we actually sold this beautiful little cottage that we'd renovated in Cronulla, four oh, streets yeah. back from the beach and lived in um, a unit for two years. I renting. didn't know that actually, yeah. which is interesting and I, and I probably haven't been really transparent with our listeners, um, which is that um, my business, Amplify Wealth, uses the marketing bungalow for all our social media. Yes. And that's how we know each other because uh, back in the day when we were New business mums, mumpreneurs, yep. for want of a better word. We we um we met at uh, networking yep. events and, and seven years ago, maybe six years for yeah. me. So yeah. I probably met Same. you maybe the year before yeah. anyway. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I didn't I didn't realize that that's actually a really big impact of how we're going to make this work. We've got a family. We're trying to do our own thing. Yeah, yeah. So. We decided the priority was the family. The family, yeah. So you were renting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we rented. So um, we were very lucky that we bought in a slump and we sold the house in one of the booms. Great. So we had some equity there. So we put um, 
that all away, but we decided to invest one third of it. We were both Brett's background is sales, mine's marketing. Um, so we actually invested a third of that capital in an online business, an online clothing business. Right. So in the end, two years into that, um, Brett actually left his full-time job because that business grew to a point where wow. that's how we yep. survived. And the only reason why it was an online fashion business where um, it was when um, the sale businesses were coming into fashion. So yeah. it was clearance stock, clearance. but it was all yep. uh Australian designers that were up and coming so it was quite mm, exclusive good. and what happened when the um, GFC hit was that our customers we grew the database from 12,000 to 30,000 our customers wanted to buy from us but unfortunately our supply chain died off because ah, of the, these young designers yeah, couldn't, couldn't keep up it. Mm. and as a turn that's actually how I was doing marketing um, part-time on the side but Brett had to go back to work and wow. um, and I had to either decide to go get a job or actually make this business a real work. thing. Yeah. And that's how. How interesting. Yeah. What, a, what an experience. So you've tried lots of things between the two of you. are both very entrepreneurial. And so when did you feel comfortable that you could go into the housing market again? I think it was, <laughs> it was actually desperation. Yeah. It wasn't even, that's one thing that I think, um, I am quite good at. I'm yep. not afraid to survival for me, and that's my upbringing. Yeah. Um, it was all survival. So we knew that uh, the market was starting to rise again mm. and we weren't able to sell the business where right. the plan yep. was and what was unfortunate was we were actually offered to sell it at a point only six months before. Damn. So that was just a mistake. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we just said, oh, we have to do this, and we were actually a bit cheeky and Brett took a job that just for the sake of being able to get a loan. Get a, get a loan. Yeah. yeah. And um, we got the loan and do. we got in. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how we – and, look, we still had the equity there that um, the other two-thirds, yep. we only ate into a tiny bit of that. And then, yeah, we just jumped straight back in. Great. So yep. we, we, we were just fortunate with the timing in that we did have some of that equity. Yeah. And, I mean, sometimes our financial circumstances – come down to a little bit of luck and timing as well which no one can predict yeah. um, which is which is always interesting but um you know I think it's really great for people to hear that these sorts of decisions are made and that there's you know that there's benefits down the track that you learn from or, or put yourself in a position for yeah I think it is it's all it's all been a learning curve look I, I would definitely change some of it because you know there, there's certain things where I kind of kick myself you know we could have been a little bit more ahead here and this and that and it's got nothing to do with having millions of dollars or things it's just certain panic decisions but I think that's really common when you are I say to my girls that work for me um one of them's just recently been engaged I say you know when you have a young family it, it, it's such a a difficult drive you just you just survive and you just yeah. make decisions and, and that's when you really realize what your priorities are and no matter what yeah. I will never regret that no those two what, yeah. little boys yeah. were the most important thing absolutely and I think everything's more rather than um having regrets it's about what can I learn from this and what do I yeah. what can I do better I think that's uh, something that you know life teaches us and when we're young we, we don't have enough experience don't to make that, that. Rules, yeah. how do you think that applies in business then because I, I feel like that's um, yeah. you know a constant journey and a constant learning is yeah. there anything that stands that doesn't have to be financial but it, are there some decisions you've made with the businesses that you think 
wow, if I had my time over, I, I'd probably do it this way next time? Yeah, I think I think there's nothing I would change. I think the thing with when you go into a business, I think when you're doing it as a small business owner and you are, it, it, it is your actual income as well as a dream yeah. that you want to build. So I would say the biggest thing that I kick myself with, and this is some of the stuff I've been doing like on personal development yeah. that you actually referred me to, is that I have, you know, you say yes to everything. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just say yes to everything yes. to survive. Yeah. And um, a couple of times when I've said yes to things, if I just held Mm. Um, I could have, yeah, and Mm. gone further with the way I want to go. So I think sometimes the only thing is that I feel impatient that by um, thinking I had to survive and take things, I possibly slowed down the progression of how I want things to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, look, I think we're all guilty of that um, in in some way or another having a business. uh, It's it's initially bums on seats or, or clients in the door who, who are breathing and yes. then <laughs> yeah, deal with it later and then, um, and then suddenly you start to sort of say, oh, look, I work really, really well in this space and maybe yes. I need to be saying no to some of these people so I can because it's going to bring out the best in you when That's you're right. operating in your core sort of strength. Yeah, um, and for them, for the yeah, client. Absolutely. Always clients first. I mean, that's that's why we go into business is to well, yeah. the nature of our business is to, to help, help people. And do you, is there a sweet spot for the marketing bungalow um, where, who do you like to work with best? Look, I I really love it. To, to me, if you're good at what you do when it comes to um, marketing and design and creative services, you shouldn't be limited to an industry. So I don't have any focus there. What I know we're very good at is... And, and it's such a simple way. We're really good at making our clients look good. Great. So none of us, as creatives, we're very we're we're all quite shy. I mean, people who yeah, know me I won't know. agree with that, <laughs> but we are quite shy, and we don't like to be the centre of attention. Um, so it, it's a thrill to make other people look good because it's so much easier because it makes you feel good. Ah. So um, the sweet spot for us is really that creative direction of communication. So everything from leveraging you know, the database people have built and things like that to design is our our big baby. And you've launched the sort of second arm, um, uh, the bungalow creative, and I guess when, when you talk about design, again, I'm kind of clearly not a design creative person. Why have you in my life? Um, <laughs> but um, how, how what, what's the bungalow creative? So bungalow creative is, and this is part of the intentional I wouldn't say shift and moving away from the marketing bungalow, but an intentional um, add-on add-on of what we are really, really good at. And yeah. that's, you know, I'm not afraid to say that. So, uh, you know, brand identity for clients and, you know, brand identity isn't something that just starts and begins with a logo and you create it yeah. and leave it on. It, it's an ever evolving evolving beast yeah Yeah. so um bungalow creative is all about really um supporting clients and particularly new clients that we're trying to attract with that end-to-end um brand identity for their digital and their their print elements so Mm. it, it probably sounds a little bit boring but when you're a creative i think the You've, one part of it is actually having the the technical and the ability to bring the design to life, but the other thing is the ability to understand the creative brief and translate that. And that's my passion is I love understanding what a client wants 
and then being able to work with a team. I initially thought I wanted to be a designer, but yeah. it's I get the thrill out of being able to really communicate to a designer um, how to bring something to life. to life. Yeah, and that's a skill in itself because I guess clients, and certainly I'm, I'm thinking of myself, is, you know, we're coming to see people like you and saying we know we need all this stuff, we need social media, yeah. we need a website, we need a pretty logo, we, yeah. need, we need things, and we want it to identify with who we are because... We, we, you know, it has to be authentic, yes. but then we don't probably use the right words or the terms or we don't know even what we don't know to bring it all to life. And yeah. I think when you're so close to it as well, you, you care about it so much. You know, we have a, a client at the moment and and they don't realise how strong their brand is. We're redoing their website mm. and they're really they're really hung up on another person's website. Yeah, right. And it's a, it's a friend <laughs> of theirs and they're happy to share the info, but it's like, guys, this and, and in the end I had to say, this is drive on yours. This yeah. is not look good. And, yeah. and she said, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And right. we're our own worst critics too, aren't we? We yes. always think our, our competition or our, our neighbours are, are doing it better than us. And how do we how do we stand out from the pack rather than actually just owning who we are and what we are and, and doing it to the best in, in, in our way, which is something I think humans struggle with, don't we? We do. And I think that's, I mean, there's, you know, it's something I always say to my clients. And then on the other hand, something that doing your work that I've learned, like, we were talking about this before we started, you yes. know, all of this marketing and, and social media and business, it's all a long game. Yeah. Not many people, you know, you hear the stories of, you know, do this and how come they did that? Overnight and they got success. 500, yeah. yeah, 500 new leads in one day. Yeah. How do you do that for me? And it doesn't work like that. It, yeah. it, it is a long game for most of us and it's yeah. that consistency. And I think where we all have a downfall and one of the things that you're really big on sharing with clients and with your community is that not comparing yourself to yeah, others. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I even forget that that I do say that a lot to people because certainly in the financial world there's nothing worse than when your neighbour drives in with, with this, you know, big fancy car um, and, and you pull up in your, your little Mazda um, that you're sort of sitting there thinking, well, hang on, he's got a business and I've got a business, why, why, why aren't I in that? But um, that might be important to him. Um, yeah. And it might not be important to you. There might be other priorities. And I think when we look at success and, and who we strive to uh, either admire or, or benchmark ourselves on, we're often always not realising that everybody's success um, comes about in a different way. And it's probably for most of us a struggle. There are a certain small proportion of the community that have lucked out in some way, whether yeah. it's a gift or an inheritance yeah. or a windfall or, or whatever. But predominantly the rest of us just just have to keep Going. chugging away, yeah. <laughs> chugging away. And action, you know, and, and that's something I'm always talking about is is, is the doing and, and just taking steps in the right direction is often more important than just... Just grabbing it all. And yeah. that's one of the things that, you know, it's funny having done, do it, you know, being a part of your business for at least six years and, you know, all the little lessons that I'm constantly <laughs> working with and the words and it's only, I think it's also a maturity thing yeah. and, and realising your mortality, unfortunately. Yeah. That for me, that was hitting 40 a year ago or two yeah. years ago, to Lucky be honest. You. Yeah. Had to hit 50. <laughs> but you realise, yeah, I still feel 50. I remember mum used to say, yeah. I still feel 16 and yeah. I still do too. But um, I think it's, I always, what I've found really interesting is, um, you know, and without bringing into the detail too much, but when Brett and I recently sat down with you to finally, take control of, of our financial life because yeah. we were finally in a position where we were being consistent, um, 
It is. I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I cried in that meeting. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking about bringing that up, actually, because it's really interesting how people react in, in meetings. And some people are, are um, incredibly emotional about their financial position for, 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 for various different reasons, either whether they're happy with it or, or not or, or, or scared or frustrated. Yeah. What, what do you think was the, the thought that was going through your mind in that meeting? I think for me, I was I got quite emotional because... I was um, having you actually lay out what needed to be done for our journey to retirement. Um, Brett is obviously 10 years older than me, so we've got that that quicker journey that we need to do. And, and, you know, we're certainly lucky enough to have um, a means to do it, but it's still not easy. But I think it was two things. It was one, I was a bit upset at myself that we could have started this journey earlier and the other thing was that at the end of the day things like fancy cars aren't important to me yeah um I like nice things yeah you know I just got a new car this week it's a Toyota RAV4 Cruiser and as long as it's got leather heated seats I'm happy happy. um so I think that was the other thing that and 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 it is it's a jealousy thing looking around and going well this is what I want to achieve and I still have to work really hard to do it and it's actually not greedy yeah but other people just have everything in wine it's not fair yeah and you know then you you start circling back and you're like oh well you know it's because my parents are poor and this and that and and that's it's the wrong way to go so I think it was just getting that out because I'm actually really proud of everywhere that I've come from my family I like that everything's being done um by me and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm um so aligned I, I love working with you because it's not about the show pony stuff it's really about get yourself um onto your track yeah and and you know, you probably do this for your business clients. That's where I think all these things are really interconnected. And it's one of the things that, you know, the reason we wanted to start this podcast is about sharing people's experiences and yeah. lessons because fundamentally it all comes back to probably the same things for all of us. What are yeah. we trying to achieve? Yeah. How do we want to make sure it happens? What's important to us so we can blur out some of the things that we get hung up about, which yeah. is comparing to others. And yeah. that's a common one. And I'm, I'm just as guilty as the rest of us to, to doing that at times where we feel it's, which you is know, comforting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. absolutely right. But everybody's got their own, um, income, dreams, other things that to, to take into consideration and unpacking that and starting to get clear on what you want is, is the purpose of that. And we, we call this podcast Money Mind and it's actually about money mindfulness. And yeah. It's about sort of helping people understand that they just need to think a little bit about what, what they're doing and why. And when you ask those questions of yourself, it actually becomes quite clear what you need to do. And actually when we were off air, you were, you were telling me that you're really passionate at the moment um, and, and this might even lead into the, the questions that I was going to ask you, which was around sort of sharing some money tips. But one of the things that you talked to me about was um, that you're really focused at the moment on building up your emergency buffers. So I've taken your, your answer yeah. from you, but I'm good no, at that's that. Okay. That's but tell me about that because that's, that's interesting. Well, I think, um, you know, having as you grow in the business and the business is, you know, I don't expect it to always do well, but it's it's starting to, it takes a long time to build yeah. up and, and we're able to do 
finally start saving that cash buffer. So then when we sat down with you as well, it was like, wow, you know, this emergency fund thing is serious. And and I think the one thing that's really important to me is financial freedom. And that's not freedom um, in terms of I don't have to work or anything. It's just that freedom to choose and be a bit comfortable. Yeah. So that's what that is about. That's I'm obsessed with it now, building that yes. fund, because it's nearly like a stuff you fund to everybody yeah, else yeah. um you know it gives me it gives us choices yeah if we're in a situation that isn't serving us so that's i'm i'm totally obsessed with saving and and i i never used to be particularly um my father died four years ago of a of a genetic disease that could possibly be in um my family my brother and sister and i may have it so i went through a stage of YOLO, like I'm going to just spend it. Yeah. Um, you only live once. And and really it, it's not about, you know, having a big stash of cash for when you're 90. It's that freedom to choose. choose. That's why I'm so yeah. obsessed with it. It's yeah. just that bit of, yeah, I can take control. I really love that because I think that's exactly what I believe money gives you is choice. Yeah. And, and, and not obsessing about money. I always sort of say let's try and make money a boring part of our life, but let's manage it in a way that it – we can choose our life to be exciting, yeah. not our money. And so by, I guess, having that emergency buffer for you, it's going to give you some peace of mind that if you choose to do something, yeah. whether it's in business or personal, yeah, um, yeah. you've got a buffer there to sort of say, you know, if you want to take the business on a tangent and experiment with something, you've got some buffers there. And you can't do that unless you plan ahead or put something behind you. You, you just can't. And that's where I when I did get upset in our meeting, it, it was partly because I was like, oh, my gosh, because I think a lot of people and not so much me because I have been involved with you and your business and I see that, you know, a lot of people think of the stereotype of financial planning and financial advisors of the guy in the grey suit in the 30-storey city building. And, it's not you me. Know, <laughs> no, that's not you. So I remember in our first um, first time we met, you went, oh, finance is boring. I just want to funk it up. Yes, um, that was my goal back but then. Yeah, and, and it is. And, and what it, it was so, is so empowering to me and why I'm partly cranky I didn't do it earlier is that it's not about having this big, boring plan. As a creative, I'm not a big fan of that stuff. It was actually there's like three or four things that we need to do yeah. and focus on. Yeah. And, you know, and those things are considerable. Like they're going to make big changes. But they're simple, right? But they're simple, yeah, yeah. and they're going to get us considerable results and they're not as scary as you think. And it's just because we don't know what we don't know. So having that, you know, ability to – it's like with anything with, I think, a service-based business, which is probably what you find. I think the hardest thing is getting people to – to understand where the value lies. And and I find it really hard to this day to articulate that. But once you actually start engaging with a client and they see that value, it's they're sold for life. It's it's a journey in a way too, isn't it? You know, I often say to people, you can't just come in here and feel like, Awesome. Yeah. You know, for some people, there are some obvious triggers, but yeah. for most of us, it's like, well, let's let's try this out and see where it takes us, and, yeah. and see if it's adding value or not. Um, yeah. But I think you know, you coming back to a point that you brought up earlier, you sort of said YOLO, and I also think that um, at certain life stages, that's actually a natural thing yeah, to, okay. to be thinking about. Yeah. So I think don't be so hard on yourself. I think there is a progression of life when you get to a stage where it is the time to start talking about this. And maybe in your 30s for a lot of people, you know, you're struggling to get on top of a mortgage for you guys. You're building businesses. um, You're raising a family. There's a lot of competing priorities. And, you know, cash flow will dictate whether 
we're making good decisions. <laughs> sure, <on>. we'll. yeah. <laughs> Some of that, and whether there's surplus there to be starting to to, to get sensible yeah. for want of a you know a better word, um, but. You know, there is a natural time where it becomes more obvious. Where it's really interesting for me is if people don't ever get to that point. So yeah. you're going to get to that, um, you know, 60 and suddenly go, oh, goodness, I've spent all my money all my life. Um, how am I going to stop working? And if you haven't started to build those nest egg assets, um, you, you're you going to have to work forever, which is something that I don't think people consider ever until they get there. Until you're getting closer mm. to it. And, yeah. and you know, I... I feel I'm 41, so I'm like, okay, well, I've actually got a track here. But having a partner who is, he's only 10 years older and he's probably going to live longer than me anyway because <laughs> um, he's healthier. But, um, yeah, you know, it's something we seriously have to think about. And even last night I was um, – doing some social content for you and there was Thank one you. particular <laughs> my pleasure um, but there was one particular um, blog article I was rereading and it was you were talking about the different stages of planning for retirement and in one section you were talking about people who were three to eight years away mm. which was obviously the urgent time if they yes. hadn't done anything but I think that's um, it's just like doing it <laughs> that's, yeah. and that's where I have both, you know, from a financial point of view and from a business point of view now, it's having that, that there's certain things I have to do and staying on track with those things. Yeah. Where I think where you're younger, you're just trying to be every hat for every yeah, person. Right. It, you're almost maybe impossible to sort of be able to get that laser focus because 100%. there's just too many competing priorities, which, yeah. which is possibly natural. I mean, I think um, we, we just have to work through our lives and but I also think for a lot of people it's never too late so yeah. you know if, if you're sitting here thinking well goodness I'm I'm 63 and and suddenly I've had that moment where I need to sort of pay a bit of attention I wouldn't give up I, I'd be sort of saying let's let's start because <laughs> that's, that's comforting because yeah. to me I think oh yeah. my god yeah and I think a lot of people do yeah. and then they they put their head in the sand and say well I've left it too late yeah. so I may as well yeah. not try and that's always been my goal is look okay it, it the, the timing mightn't be perfect if we think of if we had an optimal situation, yeah. but let's not ever lose sight of that we can always turn our life around turn or, around. or move it in the right direction for want of a better word because I think turn our life around means you've made mistakes and I think we just have to accept that life is a, an endless learning and, you know, <laughs> some that of those lessons right. we've got to slap ourselves across the face a couple of times yeah, with them before, was, was, before they yeah. sink in. Yeah. But others are, are sort of just, you know, slow and gentle and, and we absorb them as we go. So, yeah, I kind of think it's it's just part of the process. And I do, I think, you know, because we're also different and, there's certain things that, and as you know, it's not about giving up. So I will still, I'm not afraid to go and grab the expensive bottle of champagne. Good girl. Out of the <laughs> freezer at the bottle shop, particularly if a friend's coming over or to celebrate Must something. Must come to your house more often. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, though, I'm very happy to buy the $11 bottle too. Yeah. So it's just being able to make those. And, you know, it's it's lucky to even be able to make those choices. Absolutely. But it the same time, one of the things I love about my journey, and I think naturally when you're a business owner, you end up, your clients are, are, are this, not the same, but actually have a similar value system, is that um, coming from the background where I come from, it was very, very lucky in terms of the actual love and affection and, you know, you can do whatever. It, it was a very difficult um, road for my parents financially and I think yeah. that's actually taught me two things one I watched my dad 
survive yeah. for us. And then two, I was always put first mm-hmm. um, and my brother and sister, obviously. But um, I think that has given me, it's it, it served me as well as it's kind of let me down sometimes. It served me in that I was able to kind of not be too afraid to jump into a business. Yeah. But then at the same time, it doesn't serve you when you make some decisions that were probably a little bit like to this day, selling the house was not the right decision back then. Sure, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it worked out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that, it's kind of that value system of, of how you end up with the money. And I think that's why it's important to, to have someone else on that journey. Look, I think it's it's about accountability and about teasing that information out because we probably all know it about ourselves, but we don't often sit down with ourselves and ask no, ourselves no. those questions. So yeah. it's it's having someone start to unpack that, as you do for businesses, about identifying their brand. We're probably doing that for um, people individually to yeah. unpack who who are you, what's important to you, and how do we how do we make this fit in with um, all of those things? And that's that's part of that process I guess around that I guess to to finish up I was going to ask you uh two money tips but we probably talked about a few um money tips as as we've talked to and and again not necessarily trying to focus this podcast completely on money but I'm going to ask you two different questions I'm going to say is there is there any money uh tips that I we haven't covered that you'd like to share the only other one would be get rid of credit cards (laughs) and and that's a silly one Um, one but it's um yeah. And there is a full process they are evil <laughs> for people doing that. They are really evil. Yeah. So me getting rid of that. And look, there's a time and place where they serve. I still have um, a couple of them there for reserves if a I couple need of an them. emergency. Yeah, there is a couple there, but they're on <laughs> zero balance. Um, and, you know, that I think that's a really tactical, boring thing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the biggest, the biggest one for me is um, that not comparing yourself because I think a lot of us mm. – you know, cause ourselves a lot of undue stress by doing that. Run your own race. Yeah. Financially. Yeah. I think that's really important. Credit cards, as a a quick note, um, you know, there are a time and place for them. um, But if you are someone who doesn't fall into the habit of uh, regularly paying them off when they're due, you're going to get into trouble. I myself have personally gotten into trouble back in the day when we had young children and and it was before I was in this profession. you know, had had a bad experience putting a few bills on on credit cards yeah. and not being able to pay them back for for a long period of time. So sometimes we all learn our lessons the hard way, as I said before, slap ourselves around a few times with those yeah. those lessons. But there's no value if you don't use them in the right way. Yeah, and I guess I mean, I, the, my main tip that's actually served me well when I come to think of it now is what I have done over the years because I hate paying out bills in big lump sums Mm. so I actually pay my mortgage weekly yeah great and then the other thing that we actually do I um and this is amazing for me because I'm so not the type of person to sit around and and play around with spreadsheets but Mm. I um figured out what all the core utility bills cost approximately a year yes and I actually have a little direct deposit going into all of those accounts every week as well so some of them are 40 some of them are 20 dollars some of them are 50 dollars but that means when the bill comes it's really low or it's in credit yeah and then that has really helped me get in touch with my cash flow because i'm just paying off everything i have to pay straight away i think that's 
gold. That tip is really, really gold. One of the things that I do, and I often talk to a lot of clients about that, because quarterly bills, um, as I call them, um, frighten most it's people. Scary, yeah. And they all seem to come in one big hit when you've just had something like Christmas or yeah. school fees are due, etc. So we often ask people to add up what those core bills are. Yeah. And if they don't do what you do, which is fantastic, I actually like that sort of prepaying them in a way, um, you can allocate to a separate account an amount each week that is for those bills. And so, and then you set up the direct debit out of that special account. So you almost don't see them, which I quite like. And that's the trick. Yeah. If you don't, (laughs) they're they're necessary. But if you don't see it, if you don't see the money coming out. Knowing that you can pay them is really comforting. Feels good. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. Um, that's, you know, and you know, a couple of times when, um, we moved house or something and yeah. I've actually missed changing that over or yes. if a credit card expired, then I get the big bill. Yeah. Like it's just straight away motivation to get yeah. it back on track. Great. Um, yeah, because it that. frustrates me now. But, yeah, that, that would be – that's the one thing that I've actually – That's a really great tip and I hope um, a lot of people get a bit of value out of that because I think for a lot of people that can be a real issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And in, in your line of work, what's mm-hmm. on your radar at the moment? What's something you're investigating or putting more time into? What's something you'd like to share? So at the moment, we are actually doing a big focus. We've invested on a whole bunch of um, machinery to create apparel for our clients. But one of the things that is uh, really important with that, I think over the past 10 years with the GFC, and, and I hate talking about COVID because everyone does, but what it's really done, which I think is great for small business, is that everybody's thinking more local. So we've kind of seen this boom in people wanting things that are really going back to kind of the the tactical, you know, I want a hoodie. At the moment, everyone wants a hoodie, mm-hmm. um, things like that. But what we're trying to do is actually do it with some style, get your brand out there. But one of the things um, that we're really trying to focus on is to make sure that we are acquiring those garments ethically and sustainably oh, because it's um, – I think you I get a little bit more hippier as I get yes, older but too. um you you kind of look into a bit of it and you think oh wow some of these prices are so cheap and yeah. and you know why yes. so um that's a big focus I, I guess for me kind of on the side a feel-good factor yeah. of um trying to make sure that everything we do is thinking long term I love that for I the world for really, my babies yes yeah. exactly and and we you know we 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 yeah, don't even get me started on that oh, landfill yeah, and, and, you know, all those sorts of things, cheap clothes that we can't help but buy yeah. and chuck in the bin yeah. two weeks later and, yeah, it's, 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 it's terrible. So I love that focus. I think that's really valuable for people and I think you're right, there's a real movement to people thinking about sustainability. Yeah. That word brings out a lot, doesn't it, for a lot of different yeah, people and you can relate it to much. any yes. industry. I mean, we have sustainable investing. Yeah. Um, but I think there's sustainable shopping, there's sustainable yeah. food, organic yeah, and there farming is. And, and shopping local is a really big one and I think Australians have really committed to paying attention suddenly to where their product or service comes from and what's behind it and who owns it. Um, and using, you know, Australia is, is, is so diverse and and we've got so much talent we have here. so much talent yeah, yeah. yeah. and really i think we see. all got you know hung up in the the cheap thing and yeah. it's i'm trying to be more aware as a person overall Love you it. know yeah keeping fantastic. my clothes 
purchase yes. down and all Within those types budget. of things. Within the budget because <laughs> I have someone watching me now. <laughs> but, yeah. And so how, how do people contact you, Kelly? Can you share your website? So to find us, um, you can go to themarketingbungalow.com.au. That's our core website. So um, head to the portfolio page to see um, our latest work and also our blog. And, um, yeah, you can all also... Insta? Are you on, you on we Insta? are on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Fantastic. So at The Marketing Bungalow. Wonderful. Thanks so much for coming along Thank today. It's been so wonderful much. to talk I've really with you. It. And uh, I think a lot of listeners would have got some real value out of hearing about your business journey. I think that you, you're being really authentic and honest and sharing that it's not easy, but you, you, yeah. you, you've got drive and grit, which I think is really important. Um, and you've learned some focus financially, which I think those key points that you've raised are really valuable probably for everybody i hope everybody gets something out of that Um, so we'll sign off for today and remember folks to think before you spend money mind if you have any questions about your financial future please head to amplifywealth.com.au money mind is available to download and subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts